0: I can feel the weight on you guys right now we need to have a little bit of a breakthrough moment here y'all need to cut loose and just praise god i can feel it in this room y'all are carrying some stuff let's forget about life let's forget about what's going on lift up your hands and just begin to worship him just real worship no hype no caught up in the moment god we thank you lord thank you for who you are thank you for who you are Lord Jesus some of y'all are in the middle of a situation right now and you need to praise him now for the solution on the other side you're just a praise away for some victory you're just a praise away for some breakthrough seize this moment and let God move in your life Lord we just thank you we thank you Father you're so worthy Lord Jesus we give you glory we give you honor we give you praise Father Thank you, Lord, for bringing us here. Father, thank you for what you're going to do. Lord, thank you. Holy, 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 holy. You're worthy, Lord Jesus. Worthy, Lord Jesus. Father, we ask that you speak to us today challenge us with your word. Father, stir us up, but we don't want to walk out of here the same way that we walked in today. Lord, get us closer to you. Use what it was meant to produce today, Father. Bring about the change, the correction, the encouragement that we need, Lord. Father, we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise for an awesome, awesome day in your presence. In Jesus' name, Name. Let everybody in the house give God a shout of praise. Let's give him some praise because he's worthy. Give him some praise like he's worthy. Uh, You're so worthy, Lord. You can be seated if you can this morning. So glad to see you here at Eastgate Church. You picked a great day to be here. Well, we got a lot of ground to cover. Are you guys ready for this? Look at the person next to you and say, buckle up. This is going to be fun. It's going to be fun. We've got a lot of people to baptize later in service today. I love that. These are some of my favorite days in the church when we get to see people go public with their faith. So, guys, we're celebrating with you all through service today. So excited. Again, guests, we're so glad that you're with us. We always say once you're here, you're not a guest anymore. You're family, so relax, and we're so glad that you're with us. Everyone joining us online, a big welcome and thank you. Can we just give a big welcome to everyone joining us online this morning, guys? Thank you all so much for tuning in i got a text message from coco brother this morning he's letting me know that our message from a couple of weeks ago went live on the radio station today all across the state of georgia and in chicago so some good stuff is going on there too so praise god for the reach he's blessing us with as a church men where are you men I got two men in here. I know we got more. We either got more men in here. There's some real ugly women in the house this morning, all right? So I, I know that. So there's more men. Men, let me hear you this morning. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll take that. That wasn't as good as I wanted, but I'll take that. Guys, so glad that y'all are here. Listen, if you have not signed up for the men's camping trip yet, let me encourage you with all my heart to sign up for the men's camping trip today, all right? Get that 25 bucks in. Punch that ticket and be ready to go. Listen, guys, we are wired to work and get stuff done. I know. I get it. But you know what? Everybody needs a break every once in a while. Even Jesus took a break every once in a while. Listen, it will do you well if you can to take a day off. Just take a day off. Get away from the busyness of life. Sit beside a lake and let that water do some therapy for you. Catch some fish. Cook some meat on the grill and just get primal for a day or two and have some fun with some other guys. It's going to be a fishing tournament. There's going to be tons of games there. Or you can just put a chair down on the shore and just stare at the lake for two days straight. Whatever you need to do. But if you haven't signed up yet, listen, don't be that unicorn. That mystical creature that's impossible to capture. You understand what I'm saying? Sign up, guys. Sign up. Uh, There'll be guys talking to you. Probably already did before service, but after service, um, you'll hear more about the camping trip later on in service today. But I just wanted to plug it real hard. Guys, listen, you need a break take a break let's get away and let's get along with God for a couple of days out on the lake okay so let me encourage you to do that more information to come on that but if you got your bibles or your tablets or your devices whatever you got today crack them open we're going to start a new series today and a new study talking about emotions now let me let me pause here for a second let me say this all right this is not going to be psychology class for the next couple of weeks all right Um, psychology is great but that does very little spiritual benefit at the end unless you put God in the therapy and so um, I do know this especially I just talked to the guys when you start saying emotions um, sometimes the ladies are like amen let's dive into this stuff let's go deep let's go deep let's get into all this stuff Uh, and the guys are like whatever Man, this is going to be, I can't believe it. I got up and came today to talk about emotions. Well, listen, emotions are a huge part of who you are and they impact what you do in life. And they can have a significant impact on you spiritually if you do not uh, manage them correctly and submit them to the Lord. How many people know somebody whose life has just been jacked up because of an emotional moment that they lost control on? You know what I mean? So it's it's very important um, that we pay attention to that because emotions aren't just a human thing. It's not just a human thing. God has emotions. So before you downplay what we're talking about, consider the fact that God is an emotional being also. Um, And we know this in Scripture. You can see lots of examples where he laughs in Psalm 37. He mourns in John chapter 11. Love in John 3.16. Happiness, Psalm 104. Anger. In Numbers 11, praise God for his grace so he doesn't get so mad at us nowadays. But, man, you don't want to be on the other side of that anger. God gets jealous at times because of his love for us. It's in Exodus. It it bears that out. Compassion. Praise God for his compassion that we see in Matthew 14. This is just the tip of the iceberg. Scripture is full of examples showing us that God is an emotional being. Now, that tells us that all emotions are not bad. If God expresses emotion and he's a perfect being then you can be emotional in a perfect way uh, the good news about this is we all because God is an emotional being we all have emotions whether you want to admit it or not we all experience them Genesis 1 verse 26 lets us know that it says then God said let us make man in our image in our likeness our image And our likeness. So, not only do we look a little bit like God because we're created in His image, but Scripture also says we're created in His likeness. That means that we carry with us the attributes and characteristics of God because we're created not just in His image, but in His likeness. So, we have emotions just like He has emotions. Look at the person next to you and say, hey, Keep your emotions, Keep your
1: emotions.
0: Under, control. under control, under control. We all have emotions, but uh, you got to balance that out because emotions are not trustworthy on their own. They're not trustworthy on their own. And while we're created in the image of God and in the likeness of God, um, we've got to stay on top of these things called emotions. And as they're not trustworthy on their own, unbridled, they can cause a lot of destruction and devastation in our lives. They've got to be led by the Holy Spirit and governed by wisdom. They've got to be led by the Holy Spirit and governed by wisdom. Emotions out of control wreak havoc in life. I'll show you. So anger, anger in and of itself is not a bad emotion. It's not a bad emotion. Jesus at times was angry with the disciples and with the people in the temple court. He went buckwalled with some rope and beat people out of the temple, you know, and he did all that. And the Bible says he was without sin. Maybe that gives you a game plan for the people at work tomorrow. Maybe, nah, show some love. But you can be angry and not sin, but anger unchecked becomes rage, becomes bitterness. So you've got to govern it with wisdom and submit it under the headship of the Holy Spirit. Mercy and compassion are great emotions, great emotions that called us to help a lot of people, but mercy and compassion out of control, oh my goodness, it gets you manipulated. It gets you played. You get taken advantage of. You end up broke because you helped somebody out that was playing you. You understand what I'm saying? So you got to balance this stuff with wisdom and submit it to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because if you don't, if you let your emotions run wild, you'll find yourself in life depleted. Depleted. Emotional depletion leads to um, anxiety, dial to 11. Emotional depletion leading to anxiety sets you up for depression, non-chemical, non-genetic, but just stuff we put ourselves through and set us up up for failure because we don't keep this stuff under control. It'll wipe you out. Am I I talking to anybody this morning? Y'all hear what I'm saying today? I know we're going to look at the floor a lot today and think we're talking about the person next to you, but if you'll give me permission today, I'm going to get up in your kitchen just a little bit just a little bit because I have seen more people fall victim to this thing called burnout since 2020 than any other group of years in the history of my ministry. We are just depleted and burnt out. Burnout is the result of an inability to filter the demands coming from all the areas of life. It's an inability to handle all of it. How many of you have been through a busy season in life? How many of you have experienced stress in life? Now, some stress is a decision, not all stress, can be a decision because I'm just telling you, if someone you love dies, good luck telling me that I can choose whether or not to be stressed on that. I'm going to be hurting a little bit, and I can choose my response and let God heal, but there's a natural stress that comes with that. You understand what I'm saying? If you lose your job, yeah, we're going to trust God, but there's a little bit of pressure because of responsibility and obligation that comes with that that you've got to sort through. And so when you go through seasons of life where that stress is there, that's one thing. But to have a lifestyle where you are constantly bombarded by deadlines and pressure and events and drama and cycles and and things coming up because you haven't healed and now you've got all these, it, it creates a lifestyle that's unsustainable that leads to emotional and mental burnout. And you might be able to push through it physically, but it catches up with you over time. Now, why is that important? Why are we even talking about this, Pastor Josh? Because, listen, if you're burnt out, can you be productive for the kingdom of God? No. If you're burnt out, can you do what God has called you to do, the way he's called you to do it? No. So this stuff is important. It's very important. And the devil is really smart. If he can get us caught up in a cycle of life that's unsustainable and we get in a season where we we become depleted and head down that trail of burnout, now he can hit us with just about anything in his arsenal to take advantage of what we're walking through in life and he can pluck us out of the kingdom of God. Keeping tabs on our emotions is very important. If we keep tabs on our emotions, less people get hurt in church, more people get healed from hurt in church. You understand what I'm saying? There's less division, and if there's less division, that means there's more unity so we can accomplish more for the kingdom of God. Listen, our homes become peaceful Our homes become peaceful when emotions are in check and submitted to the Spirit of God. This stuff is important. It doesn't get talked about enough in church world, and I don't understand why, because it is built into us. We are a tripart being just like God is. He is Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're created in His image. So we've got a body, we've got a soul, and we have a spirit. That soul is where your mind, your will, and your emotions are as a huge part of who you are as an individual. So it's incredibly important for us to keep tabs on that and make sure that we're keeping those things in check. I went through a season of life where I did not do that. Uh, When I first became the pastor of this church, I jumped in with both feet and both arms and just got to work, man. And uh, I jumped in 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 November, end of October, beginning of November that year, and began to work to fix things, there's a lot of dysfunctional stuff going on, um, a lot of things that had to be repaired, a lot of band bandage on things that needed to be pulled off and stuff needed to heal and air out And um, a lot of people that I needed to talk to and meet with, a lot of organizational stuff that had to happen, a lot of logistical stuff that had to happen, a lot of cultural stuff that had to shift in the church for us to take the step that God was calling us to take, so a lot of work to do and I dove into it man and I'm meeting after meeting sermon after sermon, session after session, meeting with people, driving all across town, you know, doing all this stuff, set the church up. November went to December, Christmas stuff, and we had an awesome Christmas service. December went to January, kicking out the new vision for the church going up into the year um, and doing all this stuff, loving on people, counseling people, meeting with families, helping restore marriages, and getting teenagers and parents on the same page and all of this stuff. So January went to February, and I started to feel a little tired and I didn't listen to it, and I carried a lot of emotional burden for people, I navigated a lot of stuff, preached my guts out week after week, sometimes a couple of times a week, um, just doing stuff, didn't listen to it, February went to March, and I couldn't get untired. It's not that I was just getting tired. I could not get untired you ever been there in life when I woke up I was tired in the middle of the day I was tired when I went to bed at night I was tired and my mind wouldn't shut off because of all the stuff that had to be done the next day and so uh, my sleep pattern was jacked up and messed up and March became a very long month leading into Easter season which is a busy season for the church and I just army crawled to Easter Sunday and stood up and just preached my guts out and people got saved and God moved and it was amazing and I sat down after that service and I knew something was wrong physically I could push through it but something was off I was drained on the on the inside. you know what it's like to be tired on the inside not just physically tired but but just tired and drained on the inside like mentally and emotionally spent that's where i was i couldn't i couldn't get it together across easter sunday and i was like man i i prayed first two days of the week went by i wasn't getting anything from god i was finding it hard to just connect spiritually with god spending time in prayer but i was just dead on the inside and i wasn't sinning i was just depleted because I hadn't managed myself and my time well to make sure that I was taking care of me so that I could do what God had called me to do. And so I had to call Pastor Jeremy, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday that week. I was like, look, man, I, I need you to take this Sunday. I need to take some time and get away. And I hit pause. And guys, it was like four days of rest in the Word before I started to feel like myself again. Four days after that. Um, I took the rest of the week and rested, and I I can't remember, I think maybe I actually took another Sunday, (laughs) and had someone else speak, and just hit pause, and just let God pour back into me, so I could be rejuvenated and refilled, because once you hit that point of depletion, guys, listen, it is way past time to do something about it, and I have seen the devil carve person after person and family after family out of the church and out of the kingdom of God because of this little scenario right here. We go and we go and we go and we feel tired. We don't even realize sometimes that we're depleted. We don't even realize we're so used to being exhausted. We're so used to being worn out. We're so used to being so emotionally jacked up that we don't know where north is on the compass for us sometimes. There's a lot of people here and a lot of people watching online. I am spelling out your life right now. You're not just physically tired. That was months ago. and You're tired on the inside. The good news is God has a solution for that. Praise God for that. So burnout is, is a real thing. Let me give you some red flags Because I know some of us are still looking at the floor and thinking this is for somebody else this morning. I just pray in the name of Jesus that all these walls and silliness come down today. And we're just honest and open and allow God to do some restoration in us as a people so that we can be busy doing what God has called us to do. You know what I mean? Wouldn't it be amazing to have peace in your home because nobody was just ready (laughs) to just go ballistic? Wouldn't it be amazing to walk into your job rejuvenated on the inside, ready to minister to people instead of watching the seconds click off the the clock so you could go home? Wouldn't it be amazing to wake up tomorrow morning feeling the presence of God, feeling excited about what was going to happen that day, not getting caught up in the drudge of the nine-to-five stuff, but looking forward to the opportunity to be used by God to impact somebody's life at some point that day, instead of being focused on what we don't have on the inside to give people. So here's some red flags of emotional exhaustion that either – tell you you're heading towards it or you're neck deep in it right now. I use these to guide me from time to time to keep myself in check. It helps me to know when I need to hit pause sometimes and let God fill me back up. Number one, uh, you feel like everything will fall apart if you take a day off. Everybody look at the floor real fast. I'll make eye contact. All right. And if you're a type A personality, that is you to a T. And it's a beautiful strength, and it's a horrible weakness all at the same time. You feel like everything will fall apart if you take a day off. Now, listen, you are special. You are unique in this world, and you are unique in the kingdom of God. There is nobody else on this planet like you. Nobody else gifted like you. Nobody else can do what God has called you to do like you. Okay, here's a news flash. There's a few other billion people on this planet that can make sure things are happening. Yep. So if you take a day off to rest, the world doesn't stop spinning. Yep. The world does not stop spinning because you are taking a day of rest. could be that you're just insecure Ooh. and you have to have your hands on everything Maybe you're not trusting God to work things out like you could be doing and feel like you have to have both hands on everything that's happening in life. How's that going for you, by the way? How's that going for you, by the way? I think you don't realize how tired you actually are, how wiped out you actually are. So you feel like uh, the world will fall apart if you take your day off. Number two, uh, you feel like you have to carry everything yourself. Boy, that's a lie from the pit of hell you do not have to carry everything yourself now you are to be responsible for the things you're responsible for but you're not supposed to carry everything by yourself. How many of y'all are like one trippers when it comes to carrying groceries in from the car? You know what I mean? Like, I'm with you on that, hardcore. Like, I am a one tripper. I just, it doesn't matter if I got 20 bags of groceries in the car. 20 bags of groceries nowadays would be like $1,500 <laughs> worth of groceries. So, not 20 bags anymore. But, uh, so I'm going to load up both arms. I'm going to put bags around my neck or whatever, you know. I'm going to, I'm going to. One trip, one trip, one trip, on in, because man, you failed if you go back for that second trip, am I right? now, I get it, I do that, man, It becomes a challenge, becomes a challenge, so something my little, my little girl, Abby, was helping me carry groceries in not too long ago, and I was like, you know what i 'm going to teach her the way of the one trip. <laughs> so I started lo- you, you see my, my little girl Abby I mean she weighs if she gained 20 pounds she'd weigh five pounds you know she's just a little, little bitty thing and she's just full of energy and life she's so much fun so I started loading her up with bags and I'm like we're gonna get this all in one trip she's like okay and the more I gave her the more the joy started leaving her face <laughs> like, here, you go, here you go here you go and uh So she was loaded up and I was loaded up. I was like, all right, let's go inside. And she took two steps and put everything down. And she said, Daddy, I can't carry this. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, man, you know, God speaks to you in the oddest of moments sometimes. God kind of spoke to me and he said that right there is the mistake that people make. They load themselves up and they try to carry too much. Instead of stopping and asking their father to help them carry the load that they need to carry. Guys, we've got a father in heaven that says to cast all of our cares on him because he cares for us. Listen, we got brothers and sisters around us. The Bible says that we're supposed to bear one another's burdens. All right. Now, that doesn't mean that we keep tabs of who's shopping and who's not shopping, and we all show up to help people carry grocery bags in. But you know what I'm talking about? You don't have to carry everything by yourself. Red flag number three, you have so many things going on, you can't catch up and always feel behind. Now, to have a season of life where things are busy, that's one thing, because there are busy seasons in life. But if your lifestyle is behind the eight ball all the time, you're in trouble, man. You're setting yourself up for burnout. So if you've got so much going on every day, you feel like you can't catch up, you always feel behind, pay attention to that. Uh, Number four, you constantly feel under pressure. You constantly feel under pressure. It's not that you don't have enough time to get the stuff done is that the pressure is always on you and you can't escape it it'll wear you out number five because you're under pressure quite often you can't sleep or rest well and that just compounds things because when you're exhausted and depleted boy you're in trouble you're in trouble your guards are down on this right here guards down on your emotions spiritually you become vulnerable to the enemy to attack in those times so if you can't sleep or rest well consistently it's a red flag Uh, number six you isolate yourself and vent on loved ones if you always try to get away to escape isolation is different from solitude solitude separates us and allows us to replenish ourselves isolation puts us on an island where we're unreachable and you're going to slowly starve to death venting on loved ones my mama, i see it all the time uh, number seven you're constantly tired or exhausted being tired because of a busy season is one thing but to constantly be tired like i was in that story i told you earlier that's not healthy. That's not the kind of life that Jesus died for us to live. It's just not. Um, so those are red flags to, to pay attention to. When you deplete yourself and you go to, am I talking to anybody this morning? Is this happened to anybody so far? When, when you push too far for too long and you don't put yourself in check, it begins to affect you in an adverse way, both physically, mentally, and emotionally. Physically, it begins to uh, to catch up to you because you're not resting well. You're not, your body doesn't have an opportunity to heal the way that it should uh, because your mind won't shut off and it's got you up all night or you, you whatever the deal is. Um, it, it begins to affect you emotionally when you're depleted and exhausted because you've been pouring out and doing too much. Your body begins to show signs of that and you will begin to hurt in places you didn't hurt before because your body can't heal and restore itself. Joints start to ache. um, Constantly exhausted. You could go to sleep for 20 hours straight and wake up and still be exhausted, because you can't catch up, because it's not a physical tiredness. It's an emotional, mental drain that's affecting you physically. It all begins to catch up with you and it puts a big bullseye on you spiritually this is where people begin to cope with the physical effects of burnout and pushing themselves too hard this is when people reach out to alcohol to take the edge off of the day so that they can just chill and relax a little bit why you drink I ain't an alcoholic I just drink to take the edge off the day why you need drink to take the edge off the day why can't you get in the presence of God and just rest in his peace understand what I'm saying? This is when people start to uh, abuse prescription medication. This is when people, they they start to use a lot of recreational drugs to take the edge off, to rest, to relax. They begin to abuse sleep pills um, just to get the edge off of the, it has a huge effect physically, jacks you up and puts you on a path that can quickly become irreversible. There's a lot of alcoholics out there today that didn't start out with the, you know what, I'm just gonna crack me a beer today and become an alcoholic. Nobody really started out that way, Um, step by step. You get there though, it begins to affect you mentally. So now you got the the physical depletion and the aches and and all of this stuff that you're dealing with. Uh, Mentally, it's a whole different ball game because when you go through seasons of life back to back to back to back, where you are constantly under pressure, constantly under stress, and constantly not healing from emotional damage that leaves you depleted, it begins to affect you mentally. You got this little spot on the back of your, your brain about the size of an almond and it controls the fight or flight response to your body. So in stressful times, that joker, it fires up and it gives you that little boost that you need to push through whatever the situation is. Uh, you'll experience it if you have an auto accident. You, mamas, you know what it's like when you call out for your kids and you can't find your kids. Something happens, uh, that's that fight or flight kicking in from that gland in the back of your brain. But when you are constantly, constantly under stress and pressure, listen, it never shuts off, it doesn't shut off, it actually begins to increase in size and activity so that you become constantly wired to deal with the stress that you're constantly under, which begins to deplete you mentally. You are constantly in a, in a zone of overreaction or withdrawing in fear and fear really quickly begins to take hold of most people over time, and, and people begin to become uh, just showing heavy signs of anxiety in their life. How many people do you know nowadays that talk about their anxiety? I see a lot of heads nodding, some of y'all are looking at the floor. It's okay to look at the floor, I get you. My anxiety, my some anxiety is genetic some is because of a chemical imbalance most of it is because we let ourselves get depleted and put ourselves in that mental state because we are not able to cope with what's happening emotionally in our lives okay so it just keeps going while that's happening your frontal cortex um, while that's doing what it's doing it causes your frontal cortex to, sh- to Kind of shrink up and tighten a little bit, and it begins to malfunction. Okay, right. you uh, you can't make decisions clearly like you used to be able to. Um, when you pull up to you can see those people, I see them all the time at a four-way stop. They pull up, and it's their time to go, and they don't go. You ever see that? Oh yeah. Wonder what's going on? Like, don't you have anywhere to go to? So you can't make simple decisions like that. What you want for breakfast? What you want to? put on to where to work, the route you're going to take there. Simple things slowly become overwhelming because you've got these two sections of your brain just firing away in a dysfunctional way. And now you are overwhelmed by being overstimulated with fight or flight. And now you can't make clear decisions on things. It really, it makes you paralyzed in a way. Makes you paralyzed in a way. The good news is God has a plan for that. Now, I will say this because a lot of preachers don't. If you're dealing with anxiety that's genetic, you're dealing with anxiety that's because of a chemical imbalance, there's absolutely nothing wrong with taking medication to get that to subside. But I wonder how many people maybe in here today or watching online or that will hear this later are taking medication for an anxiety that could easily be brought back into balance if we would govern our emotions and let God restore us, replenish us, and heal us on the inside. You know what I mean? Uh, The other thing that it'll do is it'll deplete you emotionally. We've kind of been talking about that, but you'll lose your luster for life, man. You'll go off on people. You'll lose control of your emotions. Rage will set in. Bitterness, you'll become cynical. Even on things like your family, you begin to hate life itself. I hate school. I hate my teachers. I hate hanging out with my friends. I just want to go home and isolate myself and be alone. Guys, that is not healthy at all. When you start to lose the taste for life, that is a huge, huge red flag to let you know something is wrong. It all takes a toll. It all takes a toll. So, what do we do then? Becomes the question. How do we protect ourselves and stay in a position of being proactive with what we're doing in life, while allowing time for us to be healed, replenish? And I, I thought, oh, well, I could break out my opinion on this thing, or I could just talk about some of the stuff that Jesus did in His life. I think He's a pretty good example to follow. Amen. So, um. Let's look at what Jesus did to protect himself. Now, Jesus experienced emotions. Jesus went off sometimes, but he didn't sin. He had a way to be 100% God and 100% man, experience those emotions, keep them in check, and live a perfect life, and be spiritually victorious um, if we follow his pattern, we can do the same thing. Y'all still with me today? All right, we're done looking at the floor, so we're ready to learn some stuff and apply this stuff. I hear you. Now, listen, I have to remind myself of this stuff sometimes because it is easy sometimes to get caught up in what's going on in life. And if you're like me, I like to go and I like to do, and I'm pouring my, my all into everything that I do, but I've got to remember if I'm going to do that consistently, i got to let myself have some time to be restored so here's what Jesus did and this will set a lot of you free this morning Jesus set priorities he set priorities it's amazing to me how many people don't have priorities set in their life priorities are something that you say is important to me in life and if nothing else gets done these priorities in my life are going to get done I'm going to make sure that they're taken care of. Now, most people have got priorities mentally in their head. Like if you say, well, what's, what's a priority? Most people, because we're in church, are going to say, my walk with God is a priority. Okay, that's a priority. What else is a priority? Time with my family. Time with my family is important. It's a priority, okay? What else could be a a great priority? Well, being involved in in church so that I can serve and see people's lives change. That'd be amazing. Okay, cool. So what else is a priority? Uh, Time off, hobbies, doing fun stuff. Those are usually in everybody's top four. But let me ask you a question. If that's your priority, look, no shade, no shame, just an honest question. How's your relationship with God? do you have all the time to devote to it that you want? How's your time with your family? Do you have all the time that you need and want to devote to your family? How is your volunteering in church or serving in church and doing what God has called you to do? And how are you doing in resting and taking time away and having hobbies that are fun? Or do you find yourself... Busy doing everything else and scraping to find time for those things that you say are priorities in life. There's a difference between philosophical priorities and practical priorities in life. Jesus had practical priorities in life. He had some things that he was always going to do. John chapter 8 uh, gives us a good glimpse into that. In verse 29, he says, the one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him he says i'm always going to do what's going to please my father in heaven if you look in other parts of scripture you'll see jesus say i only say what the father tells me to say i go where the father tells me to go i do what the father tells me to do those are my priorities and everything else falls to the wayside i'm going to accomplish these things first and then if i have time i'll get to the other stuff and you see that played out in jesus's life there is freedom in setting priorities in your life amen There is freedom in sitting down. This might be something good for you to do with your spouse or even with your whole family. Just sit down at the table and say, guys, our lifestyle needs to change, and this is how it's going to change. We're going to choose what's important to us, and we're going to make sure that these things happen, and then we'll have time for everything else after. Too many times we get distracted by all the stuff, and we lose. A lot of people are frustrated and unfulfilled in life because you're not living out your priorities You're just being jerked around by demand after demand after demand. It's whatever's on fire at the moment. That's where you're going, and you can't be productive living that way. So Jesus set priorities. If you want to avoid burnout and emotional depletion, protect yourself by setting priorities. Y'all should be shouting the house down on that right there. There's freedom in that. You should be setting priorities for your life. I operate on priorities, and sometimes it makes people mad. And that's okay. That's okay. the other thing you look at what Jesus did is that Jesus was not trapped by the agenda of others. Jesus was not trapped by the agenda of others. Having priorities gives you the freedom to say, oh, this this word is going to set you free. You you can rebuke a thousand devils, and it probably won't set you as free as this two-letter word. I'm about to give you. Ready? No. 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 I cannot do that. No. I cannot help you move. No, I will not go to your soccer game. No, I'm not coming over for dinner. No, I will not do this. No, I cannot help you take out all the trash that you should have already hauled to the dump two months ago. No, 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 I will not come over and help you do the dishes. No, 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 no. Doesn't mean that you're a mean person. Saying no isn't being mean and saying no to an individual. Saying no is saying yes to something that is more important to you in life. And you're guarding that time and refusing to let other people pull it away from you, right? Not that people are mean and they're looking to just train wreck your life, but you know what I'm saying. How many times has somebody called and you had something completely different planned and you scrapped that plan for rest or for fun or even for family time to go and do something that wasn't on the agenda? Yeah. Yeah. And how did you feel after that? Sometimes you do it just to help a friend out, I get it. But man, if you're always running around and doing and doing and doing, if you're a people pleaser, this is real hard for you. This is real hard for you, that mercy and that love, you need to pull that back and keep those emotions in check and say, nope, here's my parameters. I've only got this much to give because if my tank isn't full, I can't get where I'm going in life. So you gotta be able to say no and set priorities Setting priorities helps you to avoid the trap of other people's agendas. Um, I can tell you, as a pastor, a lot of people have plans for what I'm supposed to be doing with this church. And I love them, but I could care less about their agenda. I'm going to listen to God Amen. every time. You know, Appreciate that. Thank you all for doing that. So the other thing you look at, and you guys probably saw this, was th- this coming, uh, Jesus rested and recharged regularly. Our problem is we like to go 90 to nothing, dial it to 11 and go to we can't go anymore and then just uh, fall over and think we're gonna catch up on months of neglect on a two-day weekend. Can't do that. It has to be regular. It has to be in the rhythm. Now I know I'm saying this in America and this is taboo because you're supposed to be on that grind 24-7. you got to get after it. you got to go, you got to go, you got to go. This is not the pattern that Jesus set for us, though. Slow and steady will always win the race. Always win the race. You guys that are older, you know this. You get out on a job site, you've learned how to pace yourself a little bit. You can watch those young bucks just go 1,000 miles an hour. About 2 o'clock, those young bucks will burn out and you can make it the rest of the day. Got to pace yourself. Jesus always took time to rest. Mark chapter 6, verse 31 um, says, Then, because so many people were coming and going, they did not even have a chance to eat. Ever had a day like that? Jesus says, he said to them, Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Get some rest if you look at jesus's life he was always withdrawing and going to pray if you look at jesus's life he was constantly withdrawing with the disciples to take a break and recharge because jesus knew priorities would protect him they would free him from the agenda of other people He knew that regular rest would mean that he would not be depleted in this body because Jesus had a mind, he had will, he had emotions, he had this physical body, and he was a spiritual being all at the same time. He lived out the perfect game plan for us to protect ourselves. It's funny, in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus is talking to this crowd of people. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest that word weary means so much more than just being physically tired it means being depleted it means being exhausted check this out exhausted on the inside one definition of this word weariness blows me away it means feeling like you're old before your time Wow. I used to say that all the time. Man, I'm just too young to feel this old. I feel like an old man. I feel like an old man. Some of y'all are in your 30s and you feel like you're 80 because you're weary. Some of you are in your 50s and you feel like you're already in the grave because you're weary on the inside. Jesus has a solution for that says take my yoke upon you and let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle now look at the wording here he says and you will find rest for your souls not your body not your spirit for your souls now that has eternal implication to it but Jesus is speaking specifically to the mind the will and the emotions because he knows then more than likely we're gonna find ourselves depleted in life and in need of him. I love it that he didn't just die to pay for our sins, but he heals our body, he restores our mind and our emotions. It's all found in him. You have gotta have a pattern of rest set up to physically rest, but to rest in the presence of God too. How are you today? How are you today? Are you weary? Are you tired on the inside? There's rest for you today. Let's all stand this morning. I think this is probably one of the most practical and important messages that a church could hear Because this is where the devil hammers us the most. Can I get an amen from somebody? This is where he hammers us the most. Just real moment. Me too. I got to be on guard for this stuff. The rest that Jesus gives isn't just for weariness on the inside. I'm, I'm grateful that his work on the cross was complete when he died for all of our sins. Everyone, for a moment, if you would, just bow your head and close your eyes for a second. Heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. I don't want to take for granted that everyone in here is ready to stand before God. And that's probably a concept that maybe you haven't even thought about in life here recently. You think about the going and the doing and the things that have to be done. And that day when we breathe our last breath is way off in the distance and not even on the radar yet. How is your relationship with God? The beautiful thing is, you know the answer to that question right now. Either it's good or it's not. Either Jesus is Lord and Savior of your life or he's not. There's really not any in-between ground on that. A lot of people say, well, I believe in God, and I can just tell you believing in God isn't enough. The Bible actually says that the demons in hell believe in God and tremble with fear. Believing in God never got anyone into heaven and it never got anyone out of hell. It all comes down to whether or not you have a relationship with Jesus. Is he Lord and Savior of your life? Have you asked for forgiveness of your sins and repented and started a beautiful relationship with him? Now, the beautiful thing is you can take this moment and get all of that right you can take this moment. Moments matter and it's important for us to be present in the moments that matter the most and this is definitely one of them. How is your relationship with Jesus? If you're here this morning and you know that there's sin in your life, you're here today and you know Jesus isn't Lord and Savior, you're here today and you just know that that's the move that you need to make to make sure that you know (laughs) where you're going to go so that you know that when that day comes when you stand in front of God you don't have to worry or fret about it you can stand there with confidence because of what Jesus has done for you if you're here today and you know Jesus needs to be Lord and Savior you need to handle the issue of sin when I count to three I want you to lift your eyes up and look at me I want to pray for you and pray with you this morning here we go i'm not going to drag it out you know right now so let's do something with that let's be people of action today and let's get this right you're here today and you know you need to make a change you know jesus needs to be lord and savior of your life when i count to three lift your eyes and look at me here we go one two three lift them up and look at me right now i see yours i see yours i see yours Praise God. I see yours. Once you lift your eyes up, you can put them back down. I see yours right there. This is just a real moment. Let's take a minute and let it be real. If you haven't lifted your eyes yet, you know you need to. Lift them up and look at me. I want to pray with you this morning. I see you right there. This is so awesome. God is doing some stuff today. He's doing some stuff today. One last time, Pastor Josh, I know I need to make this change. This needs to be for me today. I need to make this real. If you haven't lifted your eyes, yet you lift them up and look at me. I see yours. That's awesome. I see yours right there. Eyes are going up all over this place. Now, I'm not going to put any pressure on you, and I certainly don't want to embarrass you. But what i'm going to ask you to do is this there's a bunch of people that lifted up their eyes and said i need i need to make this change i need to take this step i need to make jesus lord and savior of my life i want to encourage you with all my heart with all of my heart. And this is going to take courage. Not everybody, I think, can do this. But but if you're real about the decision you're making today, it's going to be very easy to do. I want to challenge you. If you're making a stand today and making a decision for Jesus today in your life, I want you right now, when I count to three, I want you to get out of your seat, get out of your aisle, and I want you to come up here to this front area in front of the stage because I want to pray with you personally and lead you through this sinner's prayer and walk through this with you today. Would you let me do that on the count of three at that shoe you, and you're willing to take that stand and make that move? Come on up to the front. Let's do this. One, two, three. Come on. Come on. Somebody make a move. Somebody make a move. Here we go. I love it. I love it. I love it. Now, I do know this, there were more, there were more, and I want to encourage you, don't let this moment pass you by, get on out of that seat, out of that aisle, and come on up here and let's make it real, let's make it real, real, real. Now, I'm not saying you can't stay where you are and it not be real, but there's just something about taking a step and making a move and responding with action that just sets the decision apart and makes it more concrete, you know what I'm saying? So here we go all right a lot of people open lifted up your eyes good group of people came forward let's do this let's all pray together all right we're gonna pray this prayer and we're gonna get stuff right in our heart whether you're still in your your seat or you're up here at the front professional right now when you're watching a family <laughs> up here you got parents embracing their sons making a decision for the lord today let's just give god praise in the house man you gotta understand this isn't a show this stuff is real Real for me, man. I live for this stuff. So you have to bear with me if I'm a little emotional here. I eat, sleep, and drink this. This is what it's all about. So let's do this. Everyone, pray this prayer after me. And if you need to mean it from your heart, mean it from your heart. And let's get Jesus on the throne. Amen. So let's do this right now. Everybody, repeat after me Heavenly Father, here I am. Me, (laughs) you know my failures, and you love me anyway. Thank you for sending your son to die for my sins. Thank you for loving me before I cared who you were. Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. I repent of my sin, and I choose you over that. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for forgiving me. And one day at a time, one step at a time, I will follow you as you change me from the inside out. Thank you. Amen. Let's give God praise in the house for what just happened. Oh, Lord, have mercy. I won't come over here because this is where most of you are that responded to the call. Listen, I want to ask you to do something else if you'll just bear with me. Um are you, are you able to do this? You ready? Yep. Well, you just got sneak attack wrecked, didn't you? <laughs> Love this. This is Emily. Um, Emily is an amazing, an amazing person. Emily helps coordinate Um, baptisms for the church Emily helps coordinate what we have here called our first steps classes for new believers or people just coming to the faith who may have some questions about this whole Christianity thing we just don't want to assume that you know what's going on Emily has a great uh, group that meets every Sunday and just goes over the basics of faith that may be for you, it may not be for you Um, but I do know this all of you up here made a powerful decision today, it just so happens happens that we have people being baptized next Sunday too. It might be that this is a great opportunity for you guys, whether you've come to know the Lord for the first time today or you're rededicating your life and getting back on track today. It might be good to consider getting baptized all over again to set this thing off right as you're making this change in your life and letting God have that place in your life. So not just for you, but for everyone that lifted up your eyes in here, there was a bunch of you, I consider strongly getting baptized next Sunday. We'll have it all set up for you. There'll be something on the screens a little bit later in service to walk you through that. Um, But you're going to want to touch base with Emily. I'm going to lead you to touch base with Emily if you guys would give me five minutes and just follow Emily she's going to take you around the corner down this hallway to a room that we have set up for her to just talk to you real quick about baptism and the first step stuff and just to pray with you a little bit more so if y'all would she's already blazing the trail that way thank y'all so much she'll have you back in here in a second the people that you came with they'll hang out don't worry Are you feeling a little weary, feeling a little depleted? i tell you what, after that moment, I'm dialed to 11, ready to go again. Just telling you, follow the steps that Jesus laid out for us. Set priorities, say no to protect those priorities and have a rhythm of rest set up in your life. When you go home, you should have rest for the next day. At the end of the week, you should have rest for the upcoming week. You are not more important than Jesus. You may think what you're doing is important, but what you're doing is not more important than what Jesus did. On Jesus' last week of his life, before he was crucified, before the resurrection, what we just celebrated was going to take place, that last week that he had to fulfill the remaining prophecies to reach all the people that he was going to be able to reach in those last few days, what you found Jesus doing on the Sabbath was resting, was resting. We need to rest, we need to allow God to replenish us, restore us, and heal us. Let me pray over you real fast. Father, I thank you for these awesome people. Lord, I pray that we apply the word that you've given us today. Lord, if we don't just walk out of here and continue the dysfunction that's left us in a place of depletion, Lord, I pray that today we choose to let priorities protect us, that we choose to say no to to things that would distract so that we can say yes to the things that are important. We can say no to sports so that we can be back in the house of God. We can say no to overtime so that we can be with our family. We can say no to so many things so that we can say yes to the things that are really important the things that are going to matter for eternity. So, Lord, let us apply this word. Let it produce fruit in our lives, Father. We give you glory and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give God a big shout of praise in the house today.